Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Also with me is Echo Scribe, Joe Rimmer. And that's it. Basically, we're, we're on a bit of a squad rotation system and most of the squad are not here today, unfortunately. However, we do have James. James, you were at Swansea, at the Liverpool-Swansea game, I should say, with me at Anfield on Saturday. Fair to say it was pretty awful. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, it was you know, a really damaging afternoon. Um, yeah, it was it was baffling really, just how poor Liverpool were in all, in all departments, and you know the the manner of the defeat was incredibly difficult to take. Um, you know, an absolute non-event of the first half, where you know you've got to give Swansea credit; they they defended well, they were very well organised, and saw the impact that Paul Clements had there already. Um, but Liverpool were far too one-paced and predictable and the build-up play was too slow. Fabianski didn't have a single save to make and then you know, such a, a shoddy start to the second half with you know, two, two balls slung into the box. The first one a set-piece. We've seen it far too often. Um, Liverpool not dealing with, uh, with balls into the box. Lorente took advantage. Um, and it, you know, it took Liverpool to go two down before they finally woke up and... And started to play with some kind of intensity and, and, and tempo. And, um, you know, certainly once Firmino scores that absolute belter in front of the cop at 2-2, I think everyone inside Anfield expected Klopp's side to, to kick on and, and win the game. But, you know, they left themselves horribly exposed on the counter. So Goodson's tucked it away. And, um, yeah, just a, a really deflating afternoon all round. Joe, did you expect Liverpool to, to kick on when it got to 2 all? Because I know you were watching the game and I know that you, you probably thought at half-time that this is one of the worst games I've seen all season. Oh, it was, it was dreadful, wasn't it? But, but when it goes to 2 all, I mean, everyone in the ground was thinking, oh, Liverpool kick on from here. I think Swansea were probably stealing themselves for it and then that happens. Yeah, it was a, it was a real sucker punch, wasn't it? I, I think, yeah, I think everyone expected Liverpool to kick on. The one, I suppose it's very difficult to criticise Klopp because since he's come in, he's done such good at the club. But if I did have one criticism of him, is that his style of play is so, you know, I don't mean this in a bad way, but chaotic, that um, it just left Liverpool exposed. And I think they almost went, they needed to put their foot on the ball, slow things down, they got it back to 2-2 and just go and go about their business and finish the job. But instead, they just left themselves exposed. They were pouring players forward. And um, I think over on the left-hand side, they, I think I don't know where Milner was. Sorry, on the right-hand side, I don't know where um, Klein was at the time. I think they just left themselves exposed. And I think they probably went a bit over the top trying to find the winner mm. and trying to turn the game on its head too quickly. Um, and I think it's cost them. I mean, James Klopp said, uh, Joe makes the point there about them not having any real control, I think, you know, because this is the way they like to play, a chaotic way. But Klopp said after the game that Liverpool forgot to go into defensive mode when it went to two all, and I think that's the, what he was trying to say. But what is what is defensive mode? What, yeah. what does that mean? <clears throat> well, the, the thing I was quite surprised about was that Origi was waiting to come on, um, and then once the second goal went in, you know, I I kind of looked down it thinking that that Origi would probably be get get told to sit back down again. You know, it's it's not quite the situation we thought it was. You know, <clears throat> leave it as it is for five ten minutes. But he he didn't. He went ahead and brought Origi on, and then. You know, I know, I know. Chan had had a, a pretty woeful afternoon, um, but still, you know, it, it 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 felt as if, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, it, it did feel like it was a bit too reckless and gung ho at a time when Liverpool, you know, were in the ascendancy and didn't actually need to to really go chasing it. And we and then we saw, you know, to their cost, 
you know that that the hole in in the midfield was it was exposed and it was such a poor goal to concede. I mean, obviously Clavan, you know, has inadvertently stuck it straight into Sigurdsson's path. But even before then, you know, it was far too easy the way that the way that Swansea got in. You know, there was no pressure on Tom Carroll. Um, you know, he was he was allowed to virtually dance into the the penalty box un, unchallenged. And um, yeah, I mean, it was you know. It, it just smacked me. Even when Liverpool had got themselves back in the game, there was no still, no real control, um, no real dominance, and you know, it was it was just a performance that was was lacking in in pretty much every single department, really. Joe, I mean, we've spoken quite a lot about Emery Chan. James mm-hmm. just mentioned him then, and, and this wasn't one of his better games, shall we say? But putting it kindly, I think it's fair to say. But he was in a midfield that's got himself, Henderson, Wijnaldum, playing at home against Swansea City, who are bottom of the league or were then and you know that they're going to sit back because that's what teams do now when they come to Anfield so do you think perhaps the midfield wasn't as creative you know as it should have been for a yeah, game like oh, this do you feel yeah. as though that there's too many of the same type of people in there yeah I do think Liverpool seemingly are starting to struggle aren't they when teams whether they've figured Liverpool out a little bit but they're sitting deeper and deeper and and someone like Chan just doesn't seem to have the guile to, to, to unlock a defence and I, I do wonder whether he is creative enough. You know, he, he takes too many touches, I think, at times. I think he's he's quite slow. I think he often takes a bad choice. You know, he, he tried an overhead kick in the box. You know, From the edge of the box, it, it was immature, isn't it? It's not what you want to see a player do at that stage. And, yeah, it's difficult because it's hard to, to point the finger at Liverpool to being uncreative when they've, they're one of the top goal-scoring teams in Europe. But, and they still scored twice, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they still yeah. scored twice, but they, they still, there does seem to be something missing, and whether it's the pace of Mane having an outlet like that to look for, whether that's an issue, um, well, it probably is an issue, isn't it? I mean, Firmino James was up front. You know, Even in the first half, you could tell he was easily Liverpool's best outfield player. Yeah. He looked the most lively. Then he gets the two goals. I mean, is this the value of him being in a central position again, which I know... For example, Christian Walsh, he's not with us at the moment. He's very much keen that he's, he should be playing there all the time. But or is it also because Philip Coutinho was back in the, you know, back in the team? I don't think there's any coincidence that that Firmino's drop off in his numbers, his stats, his assists, his goals that coincided with the, uh, you know, with, with Coutinho not being there. Yeah, I, you know, there's definitely something in that. You know, the two of them have a great understanding and rapport, both on and off the field. And yeah, certainly Firmino was Liverpool's standout performance. Yeah, he has to play in the middle. There's no doubt about that. You know he's he's been he's been wasted when he's been when he's been stuck out wide. Does he have to play um, up front in the middle? Or yes. Can he, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he has you to play as the number nine. No. no, no, I don't think so. No, and I, and I think, but and then that that then goes back to the problem with the balance of the team because Liverpool don't have, uh, you know, anyone who can do what Mane does for them wide on the right, and so you know that that's why I wouldn't criticise Klopp for the team that he picked on Saturday because. You know, I think we said in the pod last week that it was probably the team he would go with because they were the eleven players. Well, last year enough times. You know, they were the eleven players who were probably, you know, on form. After, you know, if you judge it on, you know, the the performance at Old Trafford. You know, that was. I can understand why he felt that was a that was a team designed to to get a result. I didn't think Sturridge or Origi could have any complaints about Liam being left out because they were both, you know, far too. Uh, Poor in the in the FA Cup replay down at Plymouth, um, but you know I think the one fear when anyone saw that team was that a lack of guile and a lack of spark in midfield, um, you know, and I, th- I think that's why you know looking ahead towards Wednesday night, Lalana has to be back in as one of those midfield three. I'd certainly 
you know, without any doubt, Emery Chan should be the one who makes way. Um, his form is a is a concern. Um, but then, you know, that then leaves you with a dilemma: who do you play wide on the right? Because I think obviously Coutinho plays left. Firmino has to play through the middle. Um, you know, and I, and I think you know, especially in a game like Wednesday night, I, I'd say that Sturridge has to be the one that comes in. But I wouldn't. I know. I know. Earlier on in the season, he had a, mo- a moan about playing wide right, but. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't f- me, move Firmino from a central role. Cool. It's difficult, isn't it? Because Origi's had a couple of chances there and at Old Trafford, he, he struggled down the flank. So it is difficult, isn't it, to, to fill that role and, and who comes in. And, and I think Chan and Wijnaldum, when they play in the three together, are just too similar um, in terms of the style. So right now, Liverpool do have a major issue at trying to get that sorted and get everyone in the right position. James mentioned uh, Origi's substitution just then. I mean, substitutions is something we've kind of touched on quite a few times in these in these podcasts. It seems to be that Klopp doesn't really like using his subs, does he? I mean, there was some stat knocking around earlier this season that he'd made less substitutions average per game than, than most of the other top teams. I mean, they'd make all of their substitutions. They'd do the three as a matter of course. But, you know, I think he only made two, didn't he, on Saturday? I mean, there's been other games where he's only made one. Yeah, he waits, doesn't he, as well? Yeah. Mm, um, what do you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, he does. He tends to wait, and I, I don't know whether, you know, he, he feels that the team he puts out, they've been working on a game plan or a style throughout the week, and he, he wants to give that time to gather momentum. Yeah. Um, and that's why he doesn't want to mess with it. But there are times when you sit there thinking, come on, make a change. Um, do you think maybe he doesn't trust some of the players then to come on as subs? Because obviously it's totally different if you're starting than when you're actually coming off mm-hmm. the bench. There's some players who are better coming off the bench, but there's some who just don't really do anything. Perhaps so. But you look at his options on Saturday, and I suppose the, you know, the main two that he did bring on, Origi and Sturridge, I don't feel like he trusts either of them completely. Liverpool are a better team with Sturridge when, when Sturridge isn't in the team. And with Origi recently, he just looks so erratic. Klopp didn't look happy with him at all at Old Trafford, so perhaps he just doesn't feel that those players can carry out what he wants to do. James, I was, I was, I was going to say, what I know I've seen people criticise Klopp. One of the things that he's taken a bit of stick for after the weekend was not playing Matip from mm. the from the start. And I, I and I must admit, I've got a lot of sympathy with him on that on that front yeah, because yeah. you know the, the reality is that Liverpool didn't find out till eight thirty uh, on Friday night that Matip had been cleared by FIFA to play. And I know people say, well, you know, what's the issue there? Chuck him straight in. But you know, Klopp made the point that by then Liverpool have already done all of their shape work on the training ground at Melwood. That you know they've, it might not have looked at it looked like it when you watch <laughs> yeah. that game on Saturday. <laughs> they, would they, actually, will have, yeah. they will have actually worked on who was picking up Llorente yeah. and things like that, corners um, and all the rest of it. So I completely understand why he didn't start Matip. You know, he hadn't kicked a ball in anger for, for six weeks due to that ankle problem and then obviously the power with the Cameroon Football Federation. Um, but, you know, one you know one big positive was I was over at Tranmere yesterday for the under-23s game against Ipswich and, and Matip played for an hour and, and absolutely cruised through it. And, you know, with, with that game time coupled with extra sessions at Melwood, I'm, I'm sure we'll see him back in that defensive line on Wednesday night. And, you know, we, I think you only have to look at the stats. I think in the 14 games he started for Liverpool this season, they've won 10 and drawn four. And, you know, I, you know, I think he will obviously come back in probably for Clavin. And despite all the talk about Liverpool's defensive frailties, you know, that, that Clavin and, and Lovren axis actually did very well earlier on in the season. Mm. Joe, I'm going to throw this one out to you because I know you were a former fan of this player. Mamadou Sacco. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, do you feel as though this was, you know, once again, this is a, this would have been a chance for him to. Well, he's he's only got himself to blame, though, hasn't he? You know, you think 
Because there, there are fans. There would have been chances there for him yeah. had he just behaved. Because I was going to say, Clavin's played an awful lot more than people perhaps would have expected this mm-hmm. season, especially when you consider that Lucas has also played centre back. Mm-hmm. And he's played an awful lot. Yeah. And don't forget, if he'd have gone out on loan, which was the original plan, wasn't it? Was it six months they wanted to loan him for? So if he'd gone out and done his six months, theoretically, he'd be back by now and could have been starting. But, you know, he didn't behave, he didn't do what was asked of him and, and, and look where he is now, you know. I'm sure he's got many regrets about that. Yeah, Joe's spot on. Saka's only got himself to blame. You know, I, again, you know, you see various comments on social media saying, you know, our best centre-half's not playing and all the rest of it. But... You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, you, you, to, to point any finger of blame towards Klopp for, for Sacco's absence is just ridiculous because, you know, he was he was the one that broke club rules over the, the fat burner pills and, and brought all that episode on his own, despite the fact that obviously he was, you know, harshly treated by UEFA in terms of the way they dealt with the case. But then, you know, his antics on the pre-season tour were absolutely ridiculous. And then when you when you couple that with the the late night rant on Snapchat about his plight. You know, he, he's thrown it away and, you know, I think you're right, he would have played games. You know, he, you know, if he had, if he'd taken Klopp's advice and gone out on loan, maybe he would have had a chance in the second half of the season. But, um, you know, that, that ship has well and truly sailed. Like every, every week I get people saying, you know, Dibble, <laughs> surely Saka will come back this week. And you're like, I don't think people quite understand. I don't, I don't he doesn't even train at Melwood. Yeah, they don't you know, really pay attention to anything. You're right, I think yeah. after that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not the only ones to ignore. Yeah. The, uh, but, like, you know, he's, he's, he's basically been based at the academy. You know, he's obviously not even been playing for the under-23s the last few weeks with a view to this move. Mm. Um, but, you know, it does look as if the Sacco saga might well drag on. I can see it being one that gets you don't sorted think on the day. No, I think it, I think he'll go. Yeah. But you know, obviously Liverpool's stance is they want they want it to be a permanent, and they want twenty million quid for him, hmm. um, which you know in the in the seems high when you think he hasn't really played for what for nine ten months. But when you see some of the other figures being banded around, well, Jake maybe, Livermore ten million pounds yeah, to West Brom was exactly, the one. Exactly, exactly. You know, for a twenty six year old who not that long ago was was France's captain and. And, and a first choice for Liverpool in the latter stages of the Europa League campaign, um, but you know I think you know obviously no no one has no one has come close to matching that valuation yet, and you know you you wonder whether obviously Sacco will probably want some kind of payoff to to sling his hook as well, which all of that you know muddies the waters and probably means it won't be sorted out till deadline day. Now James inadvertently mentioned pointing the finger at, at Cop rather than Klopp, but, but, but Klopp, Klopp was pointing the finger a little bit at the cop and the rest of the ground, actually, all the home fans anyway, after the game on Saturday. I think his point, he wasn't, he'd call, I'm pretty sure he'd, he'd call for an atmosphere before the game, hadn't he? He'd call for an atmosphere, and I know it's the half-12 game, mm. and it's against a team that's been very defensive, and it's very difficult to get up for these kind of games, literally get up for the kind of games and turn up. But... <laughs> um, but it was so quiet in that first half. Yeah, so yeah. quiet, and you reckon Klopp's right. It's always, always difficult when a when a manager takes on the fans, not takes on the fans, but mentions the fans because they're going to turn around and say, "Yeah, well, you got beat, and it's all your fault. You should have done this, that, and the other." But I don't think that's really what he was getting at. I think he's, the point he was trying to make was that you know, we, okay, we're not going to get like the atmosphere like they have against Dortmund or say Everton or United every single week, but it's got to be better than no atmosphere whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the first half sounded eerily quiet but I do think that it's a little unrealistic to expect every time Anfield to be bouncing especially for a half 12 kickoff against Swansea it's just yeah. it's not going to be that way whether you like it or not 
there's no there's no ground in the world that's bouncing every game. That you know that's always a myth, and and I think that sometimes they have to get the crowd up for it. And the the first half was so poor; it was such a poor spectacle that the fans aren't going to be able to buy into it. Not going to be able to just power through it. And I think eventually it, Anfield woke up as the game woke up, doesn't it? Mm. As things as things got better on the pitch, so that they did in the stands. But I think it's a little bit unrealistic to keep saying, oh, you know, we need these brilliant atmospheres every game because sadly that just doesn't happen it doesn't happen at any ground and it's not yeah. going to happen at Liverpool even if you want it to James do you think he's saying it though because he knows that it's going to be a difficult game for Liverpool and they need all the backing they can get because I can't imagine him ever saying it when they play, when they play Chelsea in a couple of weeks or yeah. they won't even say it probably yeah. Yeah, you understand Wednesday his, night will he yeah you understand his point because he, you know, he, he, he'll probably say you know, it's in those games Kind of the so-called lesser games where you actually need the backing of the fans more than ever, um, you know. But I, I just don't think it's realistic to think that Anfield is going to be a cauldron yeah, for yeah. for lunchtime on a Saturday. You know, I, I've been to Merseyside derbies at lunchtime where the atmosphere has, has been relatively well, flat. And Liverpool Man United yeah, games at lunchtime. Liverpool United like eleven half eleven yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's, it's just yeah. a rubbish time to play football, and yeah. it's, it's it's not realistic. It's, no. it's not realistic. No, and, and I think also you need to be. I understand this point because. You know, he, he probably did look around on Saturday and think, I can't quite believe it is as flat as it is. But you know, also there's a duty. It's not just about the fans getting the players going. There's a duty on the players there on their shoulders to get the fans going as well. And they gave the fans absolutely nothing to shout about for well, nearly an hour of that game on Saturday. Think- so you, you can't just point the finger at the fans. Like I know people will say, you know, it obviously opens a debate about people going there and sitting to be entertained rather than trying to inspire the team but you know the, Liverpool's biggest problem on Saturday was not the atmosphere it was just how insipid and, and lacklustre that first half performance was Now Alan Shearer was speaking I think it was a match today and he was talking about Liverpool might have a bit of an attitude problem and I think what he was trying to get at was that perhaps the team is too nice now you mentioned then about the, the ground I mean we've been to ground certainly I've been to Goodison many many times and it can be very quiet and someone comes in and makes a thunderous tackle and then that's it Fans are on side. Liverpool don't seem to have anybody in the team that's able to, you know, go straight through somebody and just make a you know, thunderous challenge, and then that sets the crowd off. They don't, they, they, are they too nice? I don't know. I mean, they weren't, I mean, what they weren't, the they weren't too nice yeah. early on in the season when they were battering teams. Well, that's it. I mean, what is four or five? Then it's like what is too what is too nice? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought Shearer was getting at the the point that Liverpool have lost to Burnley, Bournemouth, and Swansea, and yet beaten obviously Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man City, which I think. I thought he was suggesting that there's an attitude problem there in terms of thinking that, well, it's, it's only Swansea, it's only Burnley will roll over these today. But I don't think that's the case. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I think it would be too easy to say Swansea wanted it more and just showed more desire on the weekend. That's always just, nonsense. Yeah, I always think that's yeah. nonsense to ever. Like no one turns out there and goes, I don't fancy this. Yeah, thing. I don't, that wasn't a performance to me that smacked of complacency or anything like that. I just... You know, it, Liverpool just looked devoid of of ideas. I don't think it was a lack of commitment or anything like that. They just, you know, they, they you couldn't I couldn't argue with the, the work ethic. There just wasn't enough quality, and you know that's the worry that too many players of uh, uh, their standards have slipped a, a key part of the season. As we've said, Mane's absence is absolutely huge. Um, you know, let's not forget the injuries have certainly you know, really hampered Liverpool's title charge when. Mm. You know, Coutinho is clearly nowhere near the level he was at before he got injured. I think you can see that obviously Henderson is not at absolute full tilt at the moment as he manages that that heel issue. Matip has been a huge, a huge miss 
um, Klein, as well. Klein even, even yeah, Klein. You know, clever. you could see he, you know, he was way below his usual mm-hmm. levels, um, having you know obviously missed Old Trafford with that abdominal injury. So, you know that, you know that all adds up to a lot of disruption, and and it, it just shows in the fact that Liverpool are miles away from the fluency that we saw back in the autumn. So are Liverpool too nice? <laughs> Was the question. No, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't. You know what I mean by that. What, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, but like, no, I just. I, I don't think they're too nice. I just think. I just think at the moment, they're just too many players have have, have slipped below the standards they were in earlier on the season, and they're missing key personnel. Joe, same question to you. Are I, they too nice? I don't know whether they're whether whether they're too nice, but I certainly think they're not physically as strong as some other teams. I think you look at Chelsea, and they're a physically strong side. They don't get dominated by teams, and they don't. Because I felt when, when Swansea started getting some luck throwing in crosses that Liverpool get a little bit too dominated by, you know, Swansea aren't a big, strong team, but they felt like they were winning those battles. I suppose I can see what he's saying, you know, whether there's enough, you know, nastiness in the team. I don't know, but I don't think you can question their commitment. I think they've done very well. They've suffered a lot through injuries recently, more so than any of the, the, other, the other top teams challenging, um, you know, Chelsea have really been pretty much injury free. They had the Costa episode, but he hasn't really had many injuries throughout the season. So, yeah, I think Liverpool have had worse luck than some of the others in, that, in terms of that. But that, I can see what he's saying, but I can't 100% agree. There's a uh, just quick one on a pitch that was knocking around, I think it was yesterday, taken from the cop towards the main stand at Anfield. And it showed the second half had started. And in the hospitality seats, there was loads of empty seats. Now, some people are saying that's oh, it's just like Club Wembley. You know, you've seen the the England games where yeah. everyone disappears and then they don't come back. I mean, is is this something that Liverpool should be worried about? Or because I mean, I'm pretty sure in saying that hospitality hasn't sold out this season yet. I don't think there's been an actual full capacity at the game once yet since they built the new main stand. Might be wrong mm-hmm. there, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's right. That's Joe's phone, by the way. <laughs> Text message uh, of IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, is it a, well? Just, just a quick one. Just a quick one. Yeah, I mean, I, it certainly, obviously, doesn't help the atmosphere, does it? When you've got thousands of empty seats um, in the early stage of the second half, but I'm, I'm sure you still see, you see similar scenes at the other top grounds. You see it at the Emirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that's a. I mean, Liverpool been, have got bigger problems I mean, than that. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I haven't been fortunate enough this season to actually attend the hospitality for the first time ever in 20 years doing this job anywhere uh, anywhere in fact no i mean uh, i tried to get out before the second half started but queuing for the toilet so even even in even in the posh seats there's still queues for the toilets that's what we've learned today right uh, we will one final thing just before we talk about the southampton game is i've done a piece today kind of stirring the pot a little bit suggesting that alberto moreno could you know, do a little bit of a job on the left wing now that, you know, Mane's not there because, you know, Moreno, we know he's not the best defensively, but he can certainly run fast. He gets to the byline. You've got a hit on him and he knows all the players around him and they've trained with him for a while. So if they want to inject some pace, Moreno could be an answer. I know that you aren't so what would you what, on, on like the left of a front three? Yeah. What, and then move Coutinho to the right or something? Or something like you? that, yeah. Yeah, you'd have Firmino up top. I mean, this is just an example. You'd have yeah. Firmino up top. Continue on the right, or even Alana, one of those two, whichever one doesn't want to play, Klopp wants to play in the yeah. centre. Just say it's no, just James, something. Just say no and be done with it. <laughs> it's a no from me. I must admit, you know what, I, I thought you had gone completely and utterly mad when I started reading it. By the end, I thought, I can, I can see the, the argument, but 
No, I, I actually had to sit through another Alberto Moreno performance at Prenton Park on Sunday. What position was he playing? He was playing left mid. He wasn't but playing left mid, was he, he? Well, he essentially was playing left wing because Ipswich were that bad that um, he had the freedom of that side of Prenton Park and um, he still managed to miss a one-on-one when Ben Woodburn was screaming for a, a square ball and a tap-in inside. Um, so, no. Oh, whatever... Whatever the question is, I don't think Moreno's the answer. What happens if it's name of player who's not good enough to play on the left wing? <laughs> <laughs> then that is the answer. Joe, I get the sense that you are in agreement with James and you're not even willing to even contemplate it. Yeah, no, I, t- to be honest, I've been having a bit of fun at your expense on the live. Like, That's unlike uh, you today, to be fair. Um, you know, um, putting some of the lovely responses that we get the feedback on it. But I, I see what you're saying. You know, I'm not, I don't think it's the most outrageous thing anyone's ever said, but... I think, in reality, it would just not work. He's just... Is yeah, he not clever enough? He's not clever enough. I, I, I didn't Gale, make that point just, because I didn't, you don't want to point out that footballers might potentially be a bit stupid. That's not very fair on them. He says, instantly you now doing he's, exactly he's, the same he's, thing. His game <laughs> intelligence, you know, he's, he's just... He's quick enough, isn't he? But I just don't think... Yeah, I don't think in reality it would it would work. Sorry, Ian. Oh, fair enough. Right, looking ahead <laughs> then to the game... Southampton, Wednesday, Liverpool 1-0 down. James, me and you were down in Southampton. They, again, weren't particularly great. No. Since then, they haven't really got much better, save for the performance at, uh, at Old Trafford. We know exactly what Southampton are going to do. They're going to put everybody behind the yep. ball. Plus, they can afford you know, a 1-0 defeat, take it to penalties. Uh, might not be any Van Dijk, though, for them. No, I mean, that would be a huge boost if he does miss out. You know, he is their defensive linchpin. Um, you know, he, he was outstanding in the first game in the first leg down there at St Mary's a fortnight ago. You know, barely gave Sturridge a kick that night. Um, so, yeah, I think Liverpool fans will be desperately hoping that he's he's not on that team sheet. Although, I think I think Puel said it was a, did he say it was a kick? I think yeah. He, as opposed to, like, a, a muscle pull, which it must must give him a chance of, of recovering in time. Um, you know, I think from Liverpool's point of view, they, they have to try and cash in on how lucky they were to escape St Mary's with such a narrow defeat in that first game because, you know, we were there and... It was 1-0, but for the heroics of Carrius and the woodwork coming to their rescue, it could easily have been 2-3, or three and, and Liverpool really would have a mountain to climb. Um, expecting Carrius to play, by the way? I mean, that would be interesting, won't it? I mean, I, you'd have thought, having played him in the first leg, it, it would be harsh, especially how, how well he played to not play him in the second leg. But I must admit, obviously, before the first leg, I thought, if you're going to play a strong team, then you have to play your number one goalie, who clearly is Simon Mignolet at the moment, who... I don't think any blame could be attached to him for that defeat to Swansea on the on the weekend. It's, I think it's going to be a difficult night for Liverpool because, as you said, we, there are no surprises. They'll be set up, you know, exactly like they were in the first leg. Very similar to how Swansea set up on the weekend as well. Defending numbers, looked to frustrate Liverpool and then hit them on the counter attack, um, which they did very well in the in the first leg. I think you know, Liverpool haven't scored against Southampton in 180 minutes of football this season. Southampton, I think, have only let in one one goal in their last four games. Um, so it's it's going to be a difficult night, and uh, you know one thing for certain, the atmosphere, you know, under the lights in Anfield will be very very different to the weekend, and and the hope is that that inspires a very different Liverpool performance. Joe, what do you expect Jurgen Klopp will do with his team selection? Bernard Mendy is not going to play Moreno at left wing. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? Because basically the question is, is Sturridge going to start? That's really it, isn't it? Ultimately, that's the question. Yeah. I don't think he will. I think he'll almost go with something very similar to what he played at the weekend. Um, and if Sturridge is going to start, I think he'll start against Wolves. Um, because I, I just think 
Klopp knows that he's a that Liverpool are a better side with um, with Firmino up top. And I think I think he'll put Origi in, and I think he'll drop one of the midfielders like we were talking before. One either Wijnaldum or Chan, probably Chan, bring Lallana back and put Origi in for the, for the extra pace. But I think it'll be a long night um, if Liverpool don't get an early goal. It's going to drag on, and, and they will they will sit in and sit in deeper and deeper. Um, it's a worry because I, I just don't think they can afford to, to, to lose that game and go out. You know, it, it will really take what's been a positive half of the season and, and put a real negative spin on it because they'll be battling for top four and out, and out a cup competition, which they're very close to getting to Wembley. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think I would I would start Sturridge um, and even play him even if it means playing him on the right of a front three with Firmino through the middle um, and Coutinho on the other side. I'd have Lallana as one of the midfield three. Definitely drop Chan. Uh, so obviously you have Wijnaldum and Henderson in there. Joel Matip will have to come in for, for Clavin. Um, so, you know, I, I still think that's a good enough Liverpool team to, to get the job done. Um, but, you know, as we said, it, it, you wonder where it could be a long night. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Liverpool nicked it 1-0 and we end up going to extra time and, that's and you penalties. Want. You want extra the, time and uh, penalties, don't you? Don't so say it's that. more, it's, don't say that. But it is, more it, entertainment for you what, to write it, about. It's a, it's a massive night in the context of Liverpool's season because everyone's on a downer at the moment. Um, you know, it feels as if you know, any title dream has gone, but which, you know, Chelsea, obviously, their win at the weekend kind of almost, you know, you feel like they're almost too far ahead of Liverpool now. But in other ways, Liverpool were lucky that other, you know, other clubs in the top six didn't win on the mm. weekend. The mm. two Manchester clubs and obviously Tottenham could have been a lot worse, you know, that defeat to, to Swansea. But, you know, things will look a hell of a lot more rosy on Thursday morning if, if Liverpool fans are planning a... A trip to Wembley, and you know, not just any old trip to Wembley either. You know, it's likely to be Manchester United awaiting them at, uh, on, I think it's February the twenty sixth, um, and the chance to win the first trophy of of Klopp's reign. And <clears throat> you know, I think it, it, I think probably ambitions have probably been downgraded a little bit after the, the you know the, the dip that Liverpool had since the turn of the year. But I still think if Liverpool went and won one of the domestic cups and finished in the top four. That would be a, a very good season. You know, it's it might not have it wouldn't it wouldn't you probably wouldn't have settled for it in November yeah. when they were top of the league and all the rest of it. But when you think what they've had to endure since then with injuries and and, and other unwanted distractions, you know that that would be a good season. And there's still no reason why Liverpool can't go on and achieve that. Final thing then, in a word, yes or no? Do you think Liverpool will beat Southampton and get to Wembley? Yes, Joe. Yes, I'm going to go yes as well. What? So exactly. Yes. The most <laughs> negative man on the planet says yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I just have a feeling that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll pull one out of the hat for this one. Right, that's it for this edition of the Blood Red Podcast. Join us later this week where hopefully we'll be talking about getting your tickets for Wembley. Cheerio.